everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the High Sensitivity Podcast. I am your host again, uh, Craig Reese, and filling in for Barry once again is the wonderful Craig Cox. How are you doing today, sir? I'm, I'm good. How are you? Feeling, <laughs> oh, you like, know. feeling like Eminem, like, you know, with the <laughs> guess who's back, back again kind of thing. <laughs> Hanging in there. It is so ridiculously hot that I apologize in advance if everybody can hear my air conditioner, but I don't think I can survive in here for like an hour without it. Times are I tough. might die. Times are tough. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. I thought it was supposed to get cooler today, so it would be okay without it. But no, I was completely wrong. It is ridiculous. So um, we're going to jump right into the news like normal. So, uh, Craig, if you want to start us off. Yeah, um Obviously not as eventful in terms of like, you know, like obviously E3 happening and uh, in, in the last two weeks, but I kind of have like a, a good and a bad for Sony here, almost kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde okay. kind of scenario. Um, the first thing that I noticed in one of the uh, articles that I uh, just happened to pick up because I like most people when they're playing video games now, you uh, get specific notifications and stuff when stories pop up but one mm -hmm. of them was that uh, sony was looking at a possible class action lawsuit um from consumers claiming that they are operating a monopoly by only allowing digital playstation games to be purchased through the official playstation store mm -hmm. now i think they've been doing this since 2019 i as a playstation user have not really noticed therefore i had really no comment or idea on the matter but as I was reading the article and kind of going into it, I was thinking about it and not allowing third party sellers to be able to sell those digital codes and such made me wonder sometimes about about Sony, because, you know, when basically there's like always kind of like this battle that I have with my friends and it's between Xbox and Sony. And mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, I haven't really had to really have that battle. Cause you get older, you get more mature and you're like, I just, I don't care. I like PlayStation. <laughs> I, I've owned it yeah. and I've, and I've followed the wave and such like that. But my thoughts on, on the matter are kind of like a, a, a shoe or a boo hoo towards Sony on that because Again, this is a check in the X mark, uh, the X mark, the Xbox um, <laughs> box, uh, mm -hmm. so to speak, because I don't understand why we can't make that access. Obviously, it's it's bolstering the the profits for Sony in a way that they would like more. But again, it destroys the accessibility of the games to players. And that's what it's all about you know, like accessibility of games and such like that. So I just, I kind of had like a sad note when I was reading that um, because I, I really didn't like it. They, they increased their, their sales between like the 75% to 175% for digital games. And while it helps them because then Sony gets like a direct profit because they don't have to worry about like the physical counterparts in that manner. They get like the direct, like right, right to the, to the source, I think that's kind of like a negative thing. And I think that the, the, the lawsuit should happen because I, I don't agree with their, with their method there. I don't know what you thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like, again, it makes me feel old, but like, just like you, I don't notice this as much because I tend to buy mostly physical games. So mm -hmm. I don't tend to go on the PlayStation store that often. 
Um, but it, it is something that is a little concerning. Even if you go into a store, you'll notice that like the Xbox section, you'll see a ton of uh, like the cardboard, uh, like purchase download codes for third party games. And you don't see that in the Sony aisle because obviously they don't allow it. Yes. Um, it's just a. I don't, it's just a dangerous slope, I think, to not allow that at all. It's just a weird take for me. I don't understand their complete thought process behind it. Um, I'm just never going to be somebody who wholly jumps into only buying digital. I don't ever see that being the case until physical copies are not a thing anymore. Like I was even buying physical games for PC until that stopped, mm-hmm. like right up until that stopped. I just like having the physical thing, even though it takes up a ton of space. My room I'm in is filled with like 360 PS3 PS2 games and like it's it's just nice to look at them. So and I also like the ability to trade in games if I don't want them anymore or loan them to friends or any of that. So I'm always going to be the physical person. But 100 percent, I think this lawsuit needs to happen to prevent them from doing this. Yeah. And you know what? You bring up a good point. Um, I myself am also a physical game person. Uh, nowadays, the only time you'll see me really get a digital game is if for some reason the pre-order process doesn't work for me mm-hmm. or if I'm not if I'm totally and 100 percent and this doesn't happen often, but 100 percent sure that I'm not going to loan the game to a friend mm-hmm. or play the game, obviously, on a different console other than my own. So I never really thought of that digital aspect. Um, it's always just kind of like maybe a. Uh, an afterthought or if it doesn't work because I also like having the physical copy going back to what you said, there's just something about specifically um, having physical uh, copies of, of games on the computer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's just a throwback for me because obviously you or I are in a similar age group. So having Mm -hmm. like an age of empires disc (laughs) or a half-life counter-strike disc or any half-life game disc for that matter um yep. it really it kind of takes me back and i was actually digging through some of my stuff because i'm actually in the process of moving in the next couple of weeks um and i saw a disc for the old do you remember black and white yeah yeah I had oh that. man <laughs> yeah i still have that disc and before like a game like fable that was like the one game that i can remember where it was a, a like a true light and dark like yeah. you chose like a light realm or a dark realm to follow and you know it was uh, also it was nice just being a god just being able to do <laughs> godlike things because that's not something that you can do in normal life which is what video games are for but you know, going to what you said i found that and i was like i gotta keep this i gotta <laughs> I don't even know if I want to sell sell this. This is black and white. This game came out yep. in, in like 2000. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, just not happy with Sony on that. Um, yeah. On a lighter note, um, going with news, they, and this can be a very small one because I'm just excited that it happened. Sony has recently purchased House Marquee, yeah. which uh, if you haven't, if you're out there and you haven't been listening to video game news or been living under a rock, they have produced the critically acclaimed Returnal, which Craig talked about last week on the show. And I know that that game uh, surprised a lot out of us because it had house marquee vibes of what they do normally as a studio. But it was just such a an impressive piece for what they can do. And, it, and now that Returnal um, is out and house marquee has just been purchased by PlayStation, that almost feels like a 
a casting video like they're trying to get on <laughs> on playstation's version of real world or something like that because i mean <laughs> if that was if that was their job interview to be purchased or i don't know if that was something that they were thinking about that's that's good for them and the resources that being a part of that family on playstation in terms of like what they can get in terms of development and things that they can use in the future i think that that's going to just elevate House Marquis' already nice resume of games. So yeah. that was a pleasure to see. Um, you always like when you see things like that. And obviously the Microsoft and Bethesda was a huge, huge, huge collaboration. Um, but on a smaller scale for you guys out there, House Marquis is now purchased by the PlayStation family, has now been purchased. <laughs> yeah, I was excited when I saw this. Um, I have more Returnal to talk about when we talk about what we played this week because I played a bunch more. Good. But it's nice with all the studios that Microsoft has been buying up lately. I think that had to have some sort of hand in Sony being like, look, if we don't lock these guys up, you know Microsoft was sniffing around these guys. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, they were like, you know what? Maybe we need to get them. So hats off to Sony for making sure that this studio doesn't go anywhere because I think this is going to be another solid, solid studio for them to have under their big umbrella. That's pretty big now. Exactly. Um, it's still like Sony is no matter what Microsoft buys. And I think Bethesda will help. But Sony is still your go to for the single player experience. And this mm -hmm. only makes them better in that category. Um, it was a fantastic game. And I'm excited to see what they can do now with like a legitimate Sony budget, too. Exactly. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, that's just, that just <laughs> helps out. Like when you have that backing, you can do much more um, things. You can hire more people. You can you can do a bunch of things. And House Marquee is already quite creative, so they don't need to work on that category, which is nice. Um, yeah. It's always nice to throw some, some backing and some money towards a studio that clearly knows what they're doing in terms of creating different things. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So first piece of news that I have has to do with cyberpunk. And I know everybody is like super excited to talk about cyberpunk. I don't mm -hmm. feel like we talk about that game enough. But uh, according to the developers, they said this week that cyberpunk is officially now ready. And to that, I say nobody cares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a little too late it's for a that. Too late. I mean, we're what, like six months out, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and for them to be like, all right, you know what? It's ready now. I, I mean, you can pick up the game now for like 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed the game. I know I played it at launch um, on my Series X, so I didn't really have too many issues. I enjoyed the story, uh, but I just think there's too much bad blood or ill will out there for this game that for them to come out and say that. I, I, I don't know. I just don't see the point. Yeah, I I. I don't know when I'm going to pick that game up again. I sunk about 20 to 25 hours into it. Mm -hmm. And through the bugs, through all the things that I saw, I still kind of chugged along. And I was quite impressed with uh, with things they did. But yeah. I just I had to stop. I had to stop <laughs> like everybody else. And now there's, like you said, that bad blood. There's the bad taste in the mouth. And I don't know if I'm ready to. It's like, you know. It's, yeah, it, it, I'm a player scorned at this point. You know, <laughs> I uh, I need to give it some time. I need to think about my options. There's a lot of other games out there that have come out, and 
I know the the list is usually uh, is big at this time of year for myself in terms of what I want to play. So I'm with you. Like, who cares? You should have got it right yep. the first time. You should have backed your team better mm-hmm. and let them put out a product that they felt proud of instead of having to put out a bunch of apolo- uh, apologetic remarks and and um, and things like that to the fans. They were we were all waiting for this game for a long time. And it's finally ready. Great. More power to you. But I don't know if I'm ready. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I beat it and like I have literally zero desire to go back and play that game again ever. So it was fun when I played it. I enjoyed my time, but I it doesn't matter what they do. I honestly don't even think I would care if they came out with DLC at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's, so. that's a good idea for them if they try. But like also going with to what you said, where is the replayability? Like, do they fix yeah. it so much that if you pick a different background at the beginning, that there's all of a sudden going to be all of these um, clues and contextual things and conversations that actually make you feel like you chose something at the beginning? Like, yeah. like no offense to people who are actually like really into cyberpunk. I just... Uh, like when you say fixed, when it's finally ready, I mean, I know it's it, it just got back on the PlayStation Store. Right. You know, that was a big deal last week. It's like they're just putting it back on the PlayStation Store. PlayStation has deemed it ready to represent it on the PlayStation Store <laughs> or in that library. So uh, I don't know. It's it's meh to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. What else you got? So I got some rumors. Obviously, there are certain people who are leaking. I'm waiting for the next PlayStation event mm-hmm. because for people like me, I just need to be excited about certain things. There's a rumor that there is going to be a PlayStation event on July 8th. The further rumor regarding that is that there is going to be some God of War Ragnarok gameplay revealed, which, oh my gosh. That would be great. I Craig, uh, Craig, <laughs> I need they, it. I need it. They tempt me with these things. First of all, I was thinking this when I read this article uh, earlier today. I I wish they would have released some gameplay footage on Father's Day because Kratos <laughs> in the in the God of War was the epitome of the epitome of like the most stern, unwavering father that I have ever seen. And part of the reason why I chuckled playing that game, which is a a fantastic game is seeing him interact with his son. And I thought it would have been comical. I know, I don't know necessarily if, if other people would have found it comical, but I would have found it quite comical if they released it on father's day, because the way he says, boy, when he talks to his (laughs) son, the way he just like throughout that game. And obviously as the relationship gets deeper and all the challenges they go through but back to back to july 8th there is a rumor that it is going to happen then there is a rumor about god of war ragnarok footage being released which will be nice because they haven't really given us anything i'm excited for the game no matter what Mm -hmm. god of war clearly has been a, uh, a a franchise that a lot of people have been into, including myself. There's really not another game out there or a game franchise that does what they do. Mm-hmm. And I, if that's what they're going to 
Because there's so many things they could, there's so many things they could show footage on. You know, we're, I don't know about you. I'm looking for more stray footage. Yeah. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, I'm looking for. Um, I think I have enough death loop, but I could use more death loop. You know, <laughs> I, anybody could. But yeah, um, there's a lot of things that are marked for the end of this year that I would like to see. But if, if there is something on July 8th, I'm going to keep looking for it. But I'm going to be excited because. That, that, that's going to be some good footage if we get some of it. I mean, we had Breath of the Wild's footage. Yep. And this it just seems right, even though obviously it's two different events to follow with something to tr- try to counteract Nintendo's E3 uh, showcase of that. Yeah. God of War is still at the top of my list of things I want to see. Uh, but just in general, like I need something from Sony for this fall besides Horizon. Like if, if yes. they can give me a definitive date, on horizon awesome because i'm still not entirely convinced that it's going to come out this holiday mm-hmm. i hope so but if it doesn't if they can't get it done and they need time which would be fine like i don't know what sony has this fall you know in this holiday that to lean on exactly. i mean there's a lot of games coming out for xbox and there's a decent amount of games coming out for switch but not everybody has all three consoles you know some people mm-hmm. only have the playstation so if you're looking at, obviously you'll have third party games to play, but if you're looking for like that definitive first party Sony game, I just don't see any right now besides Horizon for this year. So exactly. something would be nice for sure. Yeah, it just would give be. me something. Yeah, Horizon can carry a lot of weight in terms mm-hmm. of expectation and hype. But yeah, I agree. Give us something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we got it was earlier today. Um, it's not concrete gta 6 news but it's pretty concrete um so everybody hold on to your hats here because we have a somewhat i'm not saying set in stone because i don't want to get caught on that but a somewhat set in stone release window for gta 6 my god and i hope you're ready for this because it is 2025 (laughs) (laughs) so not quite as soon as we all thought Yes. But um, this leak came from somebody who has a very, very good track record with uh, leaks for Rockstar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also backed up by, I guess, a, an earnings call that Rockstar did uh, today. So it's looking like 2025 is going to be the day, the, like the year. So we're still four years, three and a half years off, mm-hmm. maybe four years. And the other thing that leaked is that this has the potential the map could be a changing map in the style of like how Fortnite changes their map every once in a while, like an oh, evolving yeah. map. That seems to be what they're going for. So, you know, for all of us who are hoping that maybe, you know, next year we'd see a GTA does not seem likely for another four years. Wow. <laughs> I, I There's just so much there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I mean, that sounds like a date that at least there is a date. You know, yeah. or a yeah. a leaked date, and GTA. Uh, I'm pretty sure you and I have had conversations personally about how we like how we like their formula. But they they, mm-hmm. I mean, they did it right. You release a game, and you keep doing so much content that the game lasts ten years. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it spans two consoles. You know, yeah. like two yeah. to three consoles, three and consoles, three yeah. consoles. Yeah, and it lasts ten years. That's yep. what you're supposed to do. I was mm-hmm. having a conversation the other day about my friend on a smaller scale about how Destiny was doing that with Destiny 2. They just keep releasing content 
And yeah. don't worry about just releasing title after title after title after title. Just keep expanding. Um, that ever-changing map is very enticing because you, the average gamer needs to be needs something to keep it fresh because we're consuming so much of that media type at once and and playing for so many hours a day that i mean it's a lot easier for me to get bored now with a video game than it ever was when i was younger even by 10 years you know even in my like early 20s i was finding ways to still be excited about a single game and nowadays (laughs) you have to like you have to keep me through the 10th hour or yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do um so that's, I mean, the date's nice. I'm excited. GTA, <laughs> GTA is something that, I mean, I haven't met too many people that don't like that game. Yeah. Um, regardless of whether you started with GTA three and moved your way through vice and San Andreas and such, or if you started with GTA four or five, when they started really, really expanding those maps, remember when GTA four came out and they, they were talking, they were bragging about how, close it was to new york city like they yep. they acquired the blueprints and <laughs> they i don't know they took a lot of pictures they used google maps and like you know it just yep. and they created basically like a replica of new york city and they were very proud of that so i'm i'm excited rockstar are they're rock stars so mm-hmm. but that but it's that's a long time to wait though which is the <laughs> other side of the coin you know it's it's wild your point that you made about like keeping your interest because i mean for one like i dropped off gta 5 like the online stuff like years and years ago i I don't Mm -hmm. really have a desire um but obviously a lot of people are still playing it but the whole like keeping your attention i was just thinking when you said that how when i was in like the playstation 2 era Mm -hmm. i had like a group of three or four games it was like the tony hawk games um need for speed underground one and two is one of them that like i just consistently played over and over and over again and never got tired of it Mm -hmm. and now like i buy way more games than i did when i was a kid but like they just don't hold my interest and i don't know if it was just the time or maybe you just were you know you didn't know any better then so you're forced to be more creative and and replay games but like i don't really replay games at all anymore yeah, it's which is wild to think about. It's funny. I think I think it's just kind of like everything else. Um, when they talk about like uh, our generation or younger, is we are just saturated with options, so mm-hmm. it ruins our attention span on things. Because when I, I mean, when I was younger, I had a couple of toys. Like this is before video games. I had a couple of toys, and I had to use my imagination to figure out how to be, make that fun for three hours. Yep. You know. Yep. And when you're younger video game wise i mean the console that i can think of of the over and over console is n64 mm-hmm. and yeah. that is not a bad thing at all <laughs> um going to a game that just got recently released pokemon snap it's hard yeah. to believe that you or myself or other uh children our age or maybe even young adults i don't know if young adults played that game when they when it came out but um the old Pokemon Snap, you sunk so much time into really a poorly rendered game when we think about it (laughs) (laughs) compared to these standards today. And you were spending 25 minutes in that level just to get one brief glimpse of that Pokemon that you couldn't get, the Clefairy or the Mewtwo. And if you didn't do all the things in that level, you went back to start. And that was your whole day. 
you know, yep. and night if it was a sleepover, you know, yep. that was your whole yep. day and night. And nowadays, if if there's too much of a tutorial or if I'm not invested in the characters or if the enemy type is bland, that's a that's one that really grinds people's gears nowadays. If you can't get me new enemies or if you keep doing reskins of yep. enemies I fought in the first two levels and such like that, all of that just kind of kind of builds up and then you just lose interest and because of that combined with all these games being released third party or or big name that's i think that's what it is you know it's yeah so i don't know like prop again props to rockstar games because they really know what they're doing in terms of the algorithm that they've created for themselves i wish more studios would jump on that because we're finding out more and more as games come out that it's not about the game all the time, Craig. It's about the DLC sometimes. Like the <laughs> DLC, the DLC can just take it to places you never even knew the game was going. It's true. Yeah, very true. What else you got? Um. So, I guess on a small scale, uh, mm-hmm. Metro Exodus getting kind of like that rehash on on yeah. the on the on the better consoles was something that I was really excited for mainly because as you're probably learning more about me as a gamer um 20 to 25 hours is is right around that time where like if I'm if I'm not fully getting towards the end or if I get caught up in too many side quests I put the game down for a bit and because I have too many games I pick another one back up well, Metro Exodus is a game that I did put 20 to 25 hours in, and I don't know about you, but I really like that post-apocalyptic, but in but set in like a Chernobyl or a Russian style. It's a mm-hmm. very small group of games, or smaller. And what I, one of the things I liked about Metro Exodus is like how you incorporated things that you found and how smaller things about the game really showed that it was kind of in that post-apocalyptic world, not to mention the mutants and the things that you were fighting, mutated animals, uh, various, various mutated like humanoids, that type of thing. I, I kind of want to pick that back up. So on a smaller scale, I was kind of excited to see that, um, and I, I think I might start playing it on the PS5 now because the graphics were pretty good when I did play it on the PS4. So I'm kind of excited to see where they take that. And that- yeah, those the Metro games are ones that like I always had big interest in, but uh, I just always bounce off of. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about it. Like I've tried um, there's they've done what, three of them now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I've tried all three of them multiple times. And every time I get a couple hours in and just bounce off of it, I don't know what it is. It seems like it should be something that's like just right up my alley. But for whatever reason, I just cannot finish those games. But I know like they have a good fan base and they're very well done games. The idea of like using bullets as currency, I always thought was kind of cool, too. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. And swapping out like your uh, your filters in your gas mask is a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of very cool ideas in there. I wish I could get into it more. I just can't. Yeah. If you ever uh, if you ever want to take the dive they're, they're never they never seem to be long games. Um, right. 
when I put the time into Metro Exodus, it seemed like I was maybe about five hours to six hours from finishing. But I also took my time because when I play these games that have these jump scares or these highly mm. threatening moments and mutants after you and such like that, I do take my time because I like to know where everything is like that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, we did have an announcement, too, that the next uh, Super Smash Brothers character, this is more Barry news, even though he's not here, but I'm still going to put it in here for him in spirit. (laughs) But the next character will be the last. Um, So finally, after all this time, uh, Mr. Sakurai, the creator of Super Smash Brothers, can finally go rest. He doesn't have to look at Smash Brothers characters anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play Super Smash Brothers, but I always felt really bad for him and the fact that he seemed to be so done with these games. Mm-hmm. But I just en- I envision him in like a Nintendo in their basement in like a prison cell. And they're just like has like a list of how many people are left before he's able to be free. Yeah. And he's finally on the last <laughs> one. So yeah. congratulations to him for finally getting out of Nintendo's basement. Good for him. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) He is ready. He deserves it. He's done such a fantastic job, and I don't think there's any characters left anyway. They pretty much put every character in existence into this game. Yeah. (laughs) I was, I I mean, when they put the uh, Joker in from the Persona 5 series, they had Mm -hmm. added Banjo-Kazooie. They put a lot of different people in, and obviously now uh, I think uh, it was you and Barry who talked about it, them throwing Tekken in the mix. (laughs) Yeah. Which I mean, as a Tekken fan from younger, from being younger, I was like, I liked it, but yeah, it's just funny to kind of just see like the Heihachi in Super Smash Brothers. But yeah, Heihachi's been known to travel. You know, he made his he appearance. Has. Remember the yep. Soul Caliber? Oh, the yep. Soul Caliber. Like yep. Oh, and that you had based <laughs> on the system that you had. That was back when you were when we were all so poor. We had one system. Most of us <laughs> yep. only had an Xbox, a GameCube, or a PS2. And regardless, you either had what was it? It was uh, Heihachi. There mm-hmm. was Spawn for the Xbox. Yep. And then you had Link for the GameCube. And yep. So like Heihachi's traveled. Um, they definitely haven't kept him just in the Tekken franchise, but. Um, I'm happy that this man is free because he's. <laughs> It's got to be something choosing what particular character to add and. Yeah, and balancing it too, like making sure it works inside the, you know, the universe of Super Smash Bros is insane Mm -hmm. because you don't want the player to come out broken like immediately. Um, That's that's an Overwatch thing. Overwatch did that with some of their earlier characters that they released. They had I felt like they had to release some and then nerf them. Yeah, but like you don't you don't want to just release the person and then they're just overpowered and such like that. So, but Super Smash Brothers also releasing content. That game doesn't necessarily need to release new content because of the competitive nature of that game and how um, famous the competitive nature of that game is. But it is good that they do release characters. Maybe not so many, but it is good that they do release them. <laughs> the, game already, the game already has like 60 characters a game anyway. It's so insane. <laughs> It's it's like overwhelming. Like even if I did want to get into it, I would just be so overwhelmed looking at that uh, character selection screen. I know you got to pick one and then you got to find out what works for you. Like the like the first five hours of the game, you got to figure out what play style you want with characters. But you have to play them to do it. You know, (laughs) it's true. But I only got one more uh, news story. How about you? Oh, I'm I'm good on news. What's your story on? So the last one is one I literally just saw right before we started. And I wanted to mention um, 505 Games, uh, for those who don't know, made Control. 
Um, they announced today that they're working on two new control games, one of them being a multiplayer-focused control game, which is Ooh. like along the lines of a four-player co-op. So I don't know if they're leaning more towards like a Left 4 Dead style or something along those lines. Ooh. And then they did actually say that they are working on another like a sequel to Control with a much, much bigger budget. And which got me super excited because I yes. love Control. Oh, my God. Such a good. <laughs> so good. But at the very end of their little announcement, they did put that nothing will be ready to be shown for a long time. So it looks seems like it's like early, early development, like they're deciding this is what we're going to do. But you can just keep making control games for all I care, because, man, that that was a fantastic game. It was. And and controls only what, like a year old? Yeah, I think so. Year or two, something like year that. Year or two. So I can imagine two separate games are going to take them some time and they don't have any any uh, gameplay or anything really right. to show us yet. The multiplayer would be an interesting take on it because the way the map scenario was laid out on control already constituted for big battles. And yeah. I don't know if there was a particular big battle in like a lobby area in the game or anything like that where you felt overwhelmed with watching your six or anything like that. <laughs> but I know I did. I would stay yep. in a stairwell area or somewhere so that nobody would flank me. So that's that's like that's enough space even at the first game for four people in certain aspects, maybe not some of the hallways or the right. office building or sorry, office uh, cubicle areas. Um, but man, keep doing control. The ambiance is spectacular. The yep. first time I saw just humans suspended in midair <laughs> in a reddish to varying degrees of like a gray and black environment and uh, bring more, bring yep all of it please because i will take that such a weird vibe from that game but it works so well mm -hmm. it's insane like the story was great i was in like i was hooked within five minutes of the intro mm -hmm. i was like yep i'm in this is going to be great just like walking along and the hallway was changing as you walked was insane like i kept turning around and it would be like you know you couldn't go backwards yes it's just it's so cool um i love control I don't it may have been two years ago. I'm not quite sure, but I know it was very high on my list for the year that it came out. So I think yeah. it was two years ago, though. Yeah, it was good. And even some of like the 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 portions that delved into the story more like when you were in that hotel, just looking around, there was a lot of things in the game you had to collect in yeah. order to just understand the story. But for some reason, in in the way they did it, it didn't seem cumbersome to do it. And I wanted to know more. Um, yeah. I wanted to know more about the control atmosphere, environment, uh, the location, that particular building that you're in and why everything's going on. So I'm glad they, they basically announced two different things. I wonder which one we'll get first. I wonder if they'll do them simultaneously. Ooh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of questions now, but <laughs> I, I can't, I definitely can wait because control was a different a, a specific atmosphere that I, I enjoyed how creepy I felt walking through the hallways. So yeah. I can definitely recharge my control batteries, so to speak. <laughs> plenty um, of time to do so. And I definitely have plenty of time to do so. <laughs> and as we stated earlier, definitely plenty of time to recharge my batteries for GTA. <laughs> Just I mean, my batteries <laughs> for GTA have been charged for like three years now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been ready and it I don't know maybe we get something else between here and now for Rockstar like maybe there's some other game they're working on um but yeah man I was ready 
three years ago for GTA, and now I'm going to have to wait another four. We're going to be on like another new console by the time this thing comes out. Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe they'll do another Cowboy Simulator 3, you know, for us or another. Please don't. <laughs> Red Dead's fine. I just not, it's not my favorite. No, it's not. 25 minutes to get to an objective really, really yeah. just laid into me. Yep. I do need to finish that, though. It's on my list of things to finish. I just was, it was like grading on me yeah. playing that game. So, uh, do you want to go into what we played this week? Uh, sure. So, all right. I'll uh, I'll start with um, sure. For, are you if you're all right with that? I'll start. Sure. I'll start with all the. Um, I have to just, in a, like, pay a homage because of uh, what I was talking about in on last week's show. I finished mm-hmm. Mass Effect Three. All right. I have a lot of feelings, guys. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of feelings. Um, <laughs> you got the fixed ending though. You didn't have to suffer like we did. I know. When Mass Effect Three came out. <laughs> exactly. From what I heard, um, and from what uh, resources and what friends have told me, uh, like I shouted out Rachel last week. I'll shout her out mm-hmm. again. It was a lot more difficult to be able to get um, specific endings that you wanted because there was multiplayer involved, and you had to play that in order to increase your odds. Um, without going into too much because I looked into it and I don't know if you saw this. This is almost news. I don't know how I didn't touch on it. Legendary mm-hmm. Edition is selling the crap out of the stores. It's good. It's blowing away. Um, I wish I wish I had that number in front of me because I did. See, I was I scrolled past that earlier today. But Legendary Edition for new fans, clearly old fans are buying it um, or people who have played it, I mean. But for people like me who are just touching into the series and such like that, I guess I'm not the only one. And I have been thoroughly impressed. The conclusion of that series is something that I have never felt before in at least the last five to eight years in pretty much any media that I've consumed in that time frame. The way that the way that Bioware was able to take what you have done over the course of like for me i think i played 100 hours over 3 games that yeah. makes i think that's i think that's what i played and seeing something that i did in my 5th hour of the 3 games in the 95th hour is something that i don't think i've ever really experienced before in a lot of game franchises and they give you a good conclusion that you can choose based off of like how how much you've done the choices you made obviously how paragon or how renegade you went but seeing some of these characters that i've basically gone across three games with and hearing like what really got me craig and i'm sure you haven't forgotten like the last time you played it um Mm -hmm. Hearing some of the, the those characters, and I'm really ha- trying hard not to say their names because I don't want to ruin it for anybody who's playing and doesn't know who dies or who lives based on your actions. But mm-hmm. seeing some of those people when you're going towards that final mission saying it's been a pleasure to serve with you and yeah. your romantic interest, if you kept that same romantic interest or started one ev- a new one every game, seeing them saying like, I'll always love you or like in their version of their character's way of depicting that uh really hit me in a specific time i don't know if you had to do this i had to pause the game multiple times just to like kind of go like did that just happen like (laughs) and bioware did a fantastic job the antagonists in the game are all really deep fleshed out 
well explained motives well explained the protagonists are well explained side characters who mean almost nothing sometimes are well explained they did a fantastic job with the revamped versions that just came out they look amazing even the first one i know got a lot of a lot of like uh four and five stars for what they did and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I have Andromeda in my home right now. I know Andromeda <laughs> is completely different, but I bought Mass Effect Andromeda knowing that it was different, but knowing that at some point I'm going to have to jump back into the universe because I don't have Mass Effect in my life anymore right now, unless I pick yeah. it up again. Um, but that's like end rant on that. The game, the game is fantastic. <laughs> it's 10 out of 10. Um, you can argue that the first one based off of the initial bugs are like is like an eight out of ten. But like on the new one, they fixed a lot of things with the Mako and such like that. Like we talked about last week, I'm still I still think two is better than three, but it's not by much for me okay. now, now that I finished it. Um, I think that the battle system or the combat in general, the shooting system in that is 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 a it's a tad better in three. It's a lot more flexible. I want to play the game again and not do biotic because I just felt so limiting with biotic and um, so fragile at points with biotic, <laughs> even though it was fun to do um, to, to obviously use the biotics and do combos and such, but fantastic. Uh, and I just had to start off with that because I just finished it yesterday and it's, it's just like my, my wife came home from work and she, and, and she was like, how was your day? And I was like, let me tell you, <laughs> You're going to have to sit down real quick, and I'm going to need you to walk me through this real quick. I need you to just tell me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Man, it's, it's it says a lot, too, that having just finished it, like you're willing to go back into it again. Um, the real question is, though, now that you've played all three, if you do play it again, are you still going to play through one again, or are you going to skip it and go to two? Oh, Craig. <laughs> so I have this fear. It's funny you ask that. I have mm -hmm. this fear that if I don't play it, because I wasn't a fan of, uh, in the second one, if you don't play the first one or don't import a save, they basically kind of do like a pre, they ask you a couple of questions, if I, yep. if I remember correctly, and based on mm -hmm. how you, like, I don't want to not have that control right. over my second experience. So while... After playing two and three, I wouldn't be necessarily excited to go back through one, except to, to relive some of the moments like Vermeer and such, Novaria and such. But like I, I would have to play it again and I would choose okay. completely different ca classes. I think I just can't choose like the soldier class. I just can't. <laughs> yeah, it's, most people can't. It just seems too boring. Vanilla, you know? Yeah, it's the Call of Duty class for me. But mm -hmm. but I went I went biotic sentinel i believe is sentinel the one with tech armor yep yeah so i went biotic sentinel biotic and okay. i'm definitely going to change that route completely because i found out in three that i was favoring some of the shotguns that i was picking up um and some of the assault rifles that i was picking up and it's that's not the biotic feel in terms yeah. of that yeah you could use them because they allowed access to every weapon in that game but my play style was not fitting the biotic play style in three. So I'm definitely going to go like a different route. I would personally actually, I think be excited besides seeing some of the moments again, I would be excited just to do different classes because they really open up 
and two and three and become quite unique. So, yeah. Yeah. It's such a man. It's such a great, great franchise. So hopefully whenever they come out with, you know, their next mass effect that it can get back to the way it used to be. And we can all pretend like Andromeda never happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm ready That's to start the game knowing that I'll probably feel some type of way, but I'm also optimistic. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I just miss having the Reapers to worry about, man. <laughs> like, the Reapers are great. They're yeah. a great enemy. I was talking to somebody about that sound they make. I can't mm -hmm. recreate it because I'm not a machine. But <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But the sound they make, it almost makes me feel like a Terminator vibe. But the sound that they make is incredible um, and very iconic to me now. Um, so there's just a, like there's a bunch of things. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and rant on Mass Effect. What have you been playing? <laughs> so I want to get into some Mario Golf. Um, I know you bought it. Did you try it at all yet or not? I did not, man. Okay. Not. All right. So I have some some thoughts on Mario Golf. Um, the first thing I did is the same thing I do with every game, whereas I have to try if it has a single player or an adventure mode or whatever. I have to do that mode first. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously the first thing I jumped into. Um, I love with golf games like creating a character and just like getting the stats up. I love seeing that. That's why I like to play a lot of sports games because oh, I yeah. like to get the stats up. So that is definitely here. And it was very enjoyable to me. Sometimes like you start out with only be able to hit like 155 yards is like your max. So you're upgrading and every time you go up a level, you can upgrade like it can go one yard further. But sometimes when you upgrade, if you pick that, it's going to take one away from your, say, your control or your spin or whatever. Okay. Um, so then you're kind of like sacrificing, you know, do I want to put, you know, let's say I played nine, nine holes and I went up five levels. Do I want to sacrifice a p portion of my control to go up, you know, three more yards? Or do I want to put two into yards and then one into control so it evens out? You kind of play with that. So you're constantly, it's not like you're just constantly getting better. You're kind of mm -hmm. giving and taking as you get better, which I think is kind of a cool idea. That is. Um, that being said, there's a lot of a lot of unnecessary talking in the adventure mode. Um, a lot really? of unnecessary. Yeah, a lot of unnecessary walking. Um, the basic thing you have is like you're a rookie. It's you and like three other characters. It's like Boo, uh, Toad. I think it might be Toadette and one more Chuck, uh, like charging Chuck. Okay. And you're just you're new onto the circuit. So. You have your your home where you spend the night, you rest up, you have like the the pro shop where you can buy new clubs and clothes. Okay. Um, and then you have your practice area and then you have where you go to do the tournaments. And it's a lot of especially when you start, it's a ton of talking because they're trying to like download all the information on the, how to play the game, which is fine. Yeah, um, you got to get that out of the way regardless. So I'm not upset of about course. that, but it's a matter of like, all right, I'm going to go do my first tournament. You do your nine holes. And then it's like, all right, before you can do anything else, you need to go back to the house and sleep for the night, which I'm like, okay, that's oh, they fine. they make you do that? Yeah, they do. Okay. So it's like, all right, that's fine. It's really not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, but it's the fact of the matter that I have to walk all the way back to the house and go up to <laughs> yes. my upstairs to my room and go to bed before walking all the way back down to go play another tournament. Mm -hmm. um, th there's an easier way to do that. It's called like, do you want to play the next round of the tournament? Yes. Okay, let's go right to it. Um, that would have solved that issue for me. I don't need all that walking around. It's nice that you can walk around and talk to a bunch of characters who are standing around, but it's not like, it's not anything super cool. So to me, that's more of an annoyance. 
Uh, my other thing, my only other thing that I don't like about the game is with the adventure mode. Um, when you're doing at least what I've played so far, when you're doing these tournaments, it is the mode where you hit the ball. All three of you are going at the same time and mm -hmm. you hit the ball and you run to the ball and, you know, just hit it. I would prefer when I'm playing the tournaments to have like a normal style. Let me hit it. Let me see where the ball lands. And then let me take my next shot without having to do the running in between. Yes. Um, and just keep that to the mode where I want to play that with friends. Um, I get that that's like the main thing they're pushing here, but okay. the game, in my opinion, is good enough as a regular golf game that you should still allow me to play normal if I want to. And maybe that changes um, once you get farther in. I'm not sure because I I haven't played a ton in the adventure mode. Um, but that being said, the normal golf mode is very good. It's easy, but there's enough there that you can really get into learning like your spins and your approaches and all that, which is what I want in a golf game. Of course. And like the battle mode outside of the adventure mode is great. Like yeah. being able to run into people and push them off. And like you have like your special run is all great. It's a ton of fun. Um, so I really enjoy the game. It's just the adventure mode is a little bit grating for me. So and, and like for me, like I'm not there's not going to be a whole lot of times that I'm going to be playing this game with friends. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to be spending the majority of my time in probably the adventure mode, which is why I seem like I'm just like dumping on it. Yeah. It's just where I've spent most of my time so far, um, but I'm still enjoying it. I'm still enjoying seeing my characters, my me's stats go up. And that's really all I need from a golf game. Mm -hmm. And it's Mario Golf. It's it's fun to see Mario and all them playing golf. So oh, I would still recommend it. I would just cautiously optimistic, cautiously recommend about the adventure mode, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, that's some interesting. Those are some interesting points, especially yeah. because um, it's nice to know they didn't like PGA tour it where it became yeah. too complicated. But there are spins and such like actual things that happen in normal golf that you could take advantage of to uh, to obviously make your your hits better, your shots better. Right. But that's a very interesting point of the amount of walking, because when you started that sentence about how much walking, you know, all mm -hmm. I could think about was how much they were pushing. And as you stated, pushing the sprinting to the next thing. So I was wondering <laughs> where you were going, but they, yeah. they took that story, that adventure mode, and they just, they obviously gave you the hub aspect where you have to walk around to get things started. But mm -hmm. um, that's, that's a good point. I haven't, oh, I haven't played it yet, but I'm definitely going to, going to think about that in terms of adventure mode because I, <laughs> this is it's going to be a great party game regardless yeah that's that's what it's mainly there for so i don't fault them that the adventure mode is not 100 percent everything i wanted it to be mm -hmm. it's still a solid like eight out of ten for me maybe seven but it's it's a very solid capable game hey that's still good for a, for a mario's like sports yeah. game yeah, in yeah, general absolutely. and yeah. can can they never do wrong with a battle mode isn't that the one thing they always <laughs> yep always get right the battle yep. mode is always fun i don't know how they do it but they have it locked down yeah <laughs> hey when you're good at something you're good at something that's true what else we've been playing besides 100 hours of mass effect yeah so <laughs> after that that run was done i had to pick up something else that taxed my time okay or way less of my time and uh, I decided to do Scarlet Nexus because that game recently came out on the 25th. Now, 
for those of you who are skeptical about Scarlet Scarlet Nexus, there Which is, is me. Yes, <laughs> that you you it's warranted. It definitely okay. is warranted. So I only played about five or six hours. Uh, I think I'm, maybe I'm in my seventh hour. First thing I noticed as soon as the game started is any Japanimation thing that I have seen and all of the tropes that come with that, they throw it right at you. They introduce okay. about like eight to ten characters. The story is basically about like we as a society, as a human society, we tap into our psychic abilities like ninety nine percent of humans have some form of psychic ability. But with that gift that we uh, acquired comes these things called the others, which they fall from the sky. They're, they they attack and try to eat human brains. And they basically kind of forced us into protecting our cities by using a group of uh, psionic specialists. Now, um, the enemies are pretty cool. The enemies are like, if you took... Because this is the same studio that did uh, it's it's Bandai Namco and they did Code Vein. I don't know if you saw any Code Vein gameplay, yeah. Um, but that's like a very recent one of theirs that really hit uh, well in certain uh, in certain groups, myself included, because I played that game for a, uh, a good while. Uh, the enemies kind of have like a Silent Hill Code Vein idea. There's just it's like if you took a a, a bunch of clay half pieces of silent hill enemies and you pushed them together and you you decided to kind of bring them to life like some of the enemies you fight the the top of them will be like a a a bouquet of flowers but then the bottom will have two almost like horse legs and that's an enemy um there's another one that i saw that i had to pause the game to actually like realize what i saw like i looked up the enemy because they were moving so much i couldn't see their full like what they fully looked like but there was like a like some type of clown or something attached at the bottom but at the top (laughs) was like a different animal. so like that's what you're gonna get you're gonna get weird enemies but what you're going to get and i already know what's going to keep me in this game is the combat the combat is quite swell if i can use a word that's not used a lot it is quite swell it um it's a combination of really fast melee attacks combined with building up your psychic bar in order to be able to move objects to throw at these characters mm-hmm. or at these enemies and they have that's that's honestly the best part of the game right now because you're you're just running you're just running to get to that next scene where you fight something and i do like the environments are there's always something laying around for you to pick up and throw at an enemy. There, is, there are specific. So, using on 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 PlayStation, it's the R2 button. You use the R2 button to like pick something up using your psychic ability and throw it at at something, and then you can kind of follow up with more melee attacks. But then the L2 button, in certain times, you can use other things in the environment to do like further um, detailed attacks. So they incorporate, obviously, because it's an RPG to some point, there's obviously like fire, water, electric attacks, things like that. But there's things in the environment like I threw like half of a water silo almost on a character. (laughs) And then they all of a sudden had an affinity to water or I guess a weakness to water. And then I could use psychic attacks to to go that. So it's, it's really fast. It's it's not too difficult. 
but the gameplay is definitely what is going to be the seven out of 10. If you see somebody rate this, this game as a seven out of 10, because the characters again, look like every, every Pokemon game, every Pokemon show, any show that I've watched um, in the Japan animation aspect, you have like the really, the really stern operative that has a heart of gold you think on the inside but Mm -hmm. he's just really stern and really with the mission you have like the the ditzy almost like almost like a cheerleader type of 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 woman that actually has a deeper side to her also but that's what you see at the beginning so the characters have i've seen before but what's keeping me through right now is definitely the the fighting aspect of it um and the design the level design i know i saw some reviews before i purchased it a lot of people think it's very very mediocre in terms of Mm -hmm. the level design they weren't impressed with it but i kind of like how it looks um on my playstation 5 and one other thing and i know this gets you through games because it's definitely got me through games is the soundtrack is actually quite nice to listen to craig okay um i wouldn't i wouldn't dare equate it to persona 5 or something like that but if you if you took a little bit of that mega man repetitiveness that we all liked with how Mm -hmm. mega man level sounded and then you you took like a sliver of persona 5's jazzy element to it you kind of have a little bit of what the soundtrack can give you and i found myself actually being excited to see what the next that that's where i'm at I want to see what the next song is going to be in the next level and then and then do fighting. That's kind of where I'm at right now with Scarlet Nexus. Can't recommend it right now, but again, I'm only 6 hours in. Maybe it's, maybe all of a sudden the story opens up. But um side quests there's slim to nil and they're fetch quests, so I'm just going to push that aside. It's really <laughs> all about the the battling. Okay. See, I, we had talked, but like, I'm personally going to wait for this one to pop up on Game Pass, hopefully. Like, that's really yeah. what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. And that way, I if I just bounce off of it in an hour, I won't feel so bad as if I paid $60 for it or whatever. So I think it's smart for me to hold off at this moment. This is going to be a game for sure that Barry is going to love, I think. Yes, I can already <laughs> hear him saying, what are you saying, Craig? It's actually, yeah, he's going to love it. It's already um, his top game of the year. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> He's saying it's already going to be better than Horizon Zero Dawn. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think since we started the podcast, I think both years that we've done the top 10 and anime inspired or anime like game has been his top one both years. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I think this makes sense, right? That this yeah. will just be the next one that's up there. There's no persona for him to claim this year as the top game. So it's just going to be uh this one instead (laughs) yeah that's that's gonna be what he has to hold on to (laughs) (laughs) um so the other thing that i played this week the last thing was i put a ton of more time into returnal um i had just started last week i had played for like an hour before or an hour or two before we recorded so i have put a ton of time in i am on the third area i believe um i was I'm not going to lie. I was getting struggling a little bit with the first area to the point where I was starting to question whether or not I wanted to continue to play Mm -hmm. uh, this game. And I get that way with roguelike games all the time. Of course. Um, But the story was like so enticing. I was like, no, I got to push through. Um, I got to get through it. So I got through the first area. 
Um, and then I got like the second area I got through pretty quick. I've been stuck on the third area for like three or four days now. Yes. Um, so I've just been kind of trying to explore everything, kind of beef up my guns, um, use the ones that I really like and get their, their, I think it was the affinity level or whatever. Up yeah, more. of course. Um, but man, the story is great and the, the gameplay just feels so good. <laughs> it's so fluid. It's so good. Yeah. Um, it's so it's to the point now that like I have this strong desire to play the DLC for Final Fantasy seven. Oh, and yes, I nice. just like I I keep telling myself, like, no, you need to wait till you're done with Returnal because I waited to play Returnal until I was done with Ratchet and Clank. So I'm yeah. trying to do one at a time. So I give them their fair shot. Mm. Uh, but I am absolutely loving Returnal. I'm super glad like. I know I said this wasn't the game to make me buy a PS5, and technically it wasn't, but like it's definitely a game to get a PS5 for, I believe. Um, I, I, there's not too many at the moment that I would say, like, yeah, you need to play this on PS5. I wouldn't really even say that about Ratchet and Clank at this point. Mm. I think it's good, but I don't think it's like you need to play this. You need to get a PS5. I think you need to play Returnal. Yeah. So I think it's pretty much the only game right now, for me anyway, that like this is the game you have to get a ps5 for so cannot recommend it strongly enough i'm kind of struggling right now as to where on my top 10 list for the year it's going to go i'm not going to be definitive until i actually finish it yeah. just in case it like falls off a cliff or something for me which i don't think it will mm -hmm. but i think it's going to be pretty high at the end of the year so super super good cannot recommend enough yeah, I mean, hey, you're completely right. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I had, a, I think, I had a similar path to you because um, I think I mentioned it last week, but mm -hmm. I stopped on the fourth biome or fourth biome. Okay. Um, I had a similar problem with you as you on the third biome. The third biome takes things to a whole new level. The second one wasn't too bad for me. Yeah. But the third one is insane. Um, the robot <laughs> yeah, enemies, especially those suicide robot enemies <sighs> that they introduce, yep, terrible. they're terrible. And yep. there's a lot of dodging that I didn't realize I was going to have to do. There was a couple of times where I felt like I don't, I, I wasn't good enough for the game, um, mm -hmm. or at least at that present standpoint. I got lucky. Yep. I forget how I did it, Craig, because. The way my returnal path happened is I was stuck on one for a little bit because I was exploring, I was excited, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. Um, once I got past one, because it took me like two times, maybe three times to beat that boss, I got to two and maybe did three runs, four runs, maybe mm -hmm. five on two. And I just blew through that boss. Like the second, the second biomes boss I beat on the first try. And yep, then, me too. <laughs> and then, the, and I was like, I was pleasantly surprised because some of those enemies gave me an issue until mm -hmm. I learned how to like, obviously get past them. I just can't, I can't understand that sometimes when I spend all this time, like learning an enemy's attack pattern. And then I beat the boss on the first try who I have to learn about the attack pattern in the moment. Yep. and not die at the same time but you know you get those good runs and i know you definitely know where you uh you have an astronaut figurine and yep. you get everything just right a good combination of parasites or maybe one parasite because you didn't like the ones you found or yep you have that run where you're like i think i can do this i think my mom <laughs> and my dad will be proud of me you know <laughs> yep 
but then I got to the third biome and I was like, I, I'm, I don't know if I can play this game. Yep. Um, yeah, it's tough. The run that I did where I ended up getting past the third biome, it was the same algorithm as the second biome in that I beat the, 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 that boss on the first try. And I don't know how I did it. I have no <laughs> idea. That's the one with the, the, the ever-changing platforms, right? That mm-hmm. you have to keep jumping on and still stay focused on the boss that's shooting projectiles at yep. you. Yep. Yeah, I, Craig, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I'm not normally a first try guy. I will openly admit that. I know the gaming community is very proud when you can beat, especially if you do Souls games or something. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I beat it first try, no problem. I will say actively that I don't normally beat bosses on the first try. Yep. And I will tell you that I have no idea how I did it in that third biome. I have no idea. And <laughs> it looked like I should have died multiple times, but um, getting there was complete stroke of luck. Complete mm-hmm. stroke of luck because I think getting there was way harder than that biome's boss could have been. The third one, the third biome is insane. And yep. long, what or what felt like eternity to actually find where I needed to get to. So I'm rooting for you. Um, you're gonna, you're just gonna have that run where you're really feeling it, and then you're gonna, it, the same thing's gonna happen to you. You're gonna get this, this moment where you're just gonna fire from all cylinders, and then you're yep. gonna be looking at the fourth biome. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can get through all of them this week. That's the plan. I have a, a you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday off this week, so I got three solid Fantastic. days where I can, I can get it done. That's the plan. So. Yeah, I'm hoping because I, I still need to play that Final Fantasy DLC. It's, it's bugging me that I haven't played it yet. I need to know what Yuffie's doing. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what did we end up on that? We ended up that because I know you looked it up for me when we were talking about mm-hmm. it. It's like if you have the PS4 disc copy or yes. I guess the general disc copy, you can just you can put it in your PS5 and then you will get the PS5 upgrade for free, but you will not get the DLC. You do have to buy that separately, which I believe is 20 dollars okay I think. I think that's enough for you if you what did they say it was like a 10 hour DLC. something like that yeah that's almost pretty substantial for a dlc that's worth it that's worth yeah. 20 bucks especially yeah, it, it's been enough time that somebody like you or me had it, it's been enough time since we played that final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. um and i obviously the dlc is nice because we obviously will not know anything about based off of how long it took them to make the first final final fantasy 7 remake we don't know how the second, you know, aspect is going to go in terms of time frame. Maybe they'll have a GTA time frame. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please uh, make them come out in a reasonable time. <laughs> I know they need to, especially because especially because they already decided to split it into multiple yep. games. And I don't think based off of because based off of what they covered in the first one, doesn't it feel like four games or maybe even five it would take? I don't know how they're going to do the At open least. world aspect. Yeah. Unless they cut out a lot of the side stuff, which yeah. it doesn't seem like they want to do. So I it's know. I think it's going to be at least five or six. It has to. Yeah, because the first one made sense almost. If you're yep. trying to back them up, it makes sense that the first game happened with the events sprawled out and stretched out yeah. over 20 to 30 hours. Because in that portion of Final Fantasy VII, you're not really doing open world exploration yet. But what are they going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Do? I'm, I'm I'm so excited to see how they tackle it. I know they had said, I, I think I read like a week or two ago that they said that it won't, these next ones, like the next 
part that they do will not be like this first one. Good. So, I mean, that it makes sense, though, because yeah. you're looking at extreme open world for this next part, right? Once you get out of Midgar, that's when everything really opens up in the original. So I I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm sure they have some sort of plan as long as it's being worked on and comes out within the next year or two. I'll be fine. Yeah. And one small thing about that. I would love to play the game again. I don't want to fight Hell House again. No, 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 I no. don't. That game, <laughs> that that battle was surprisingly hard. I was not ready for that one. Yep. I was like, I'm not going to beat this. <laughs> I was, that was that was out of nowhere, man. I, I didn't know yep. I was facing Sephiroth, but in house form, because that's what it felt like. <laughs> like it's true. I mean, how are you supposed to beat a house? I mean, come I on. It's, it's just not possible. You can't even, I don't understand what they were thinking. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, play anything else? Um, Those are basically my main two that I've done okay. since we last recorded. But cool. now that I have a little bit more flexibility, because obviously, you know, Mass Effect's hold on, on a player, yeah. I'm going to be branching out a little bit more. Um, so hopefully I'll have some more content whenever you and have me on again. There's no, no shame in spending all your time in Mass Effect. Absolutely no shame. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So we get into movies and TV shows for the week, and I did only watch one movie, but I think we both watched the same movie. Oh, go on. Quiet Place Part Two. Yes. Yes. So let's let's talk about it. Let's Let's talk talk about it. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Because I have some rants, but give me your give me your thoughts. All right. So I'm going to give you my. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So a thing about me is I'm a huge fan of the outbreak, the day zero Mm -hmm. in any type of movie that involves us being overcome by a force of nature or otherworldly entity. So for them to kick it off, for them to kick it off. (laughs) <laughs> with just not only give, give me some some john krasinski back they just show yep. him again and yep. um they they show right as it happened what that family was doing where they were mm-hmm. and i liked that start i enjoyed yes. that but that's yep. also my preference some people don't like the, the the ground zero day one thing so that's that immediately had me had me engrossed now i i can't i can't get over how these kids are trying to help Mm -hmm. but instead they hurt the cause like i feel like (laughs) the parents are never in danger until one of the children decides to do something it was again in this one like in the first one you obviously and not to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet there's spoilers galore just so everybody knows there's going to be spoilers galore so great so we're doing spoilers galore i'm like we can go for it like people can skip if they need to but like it's hard to talk about a movie and not spoil so yeah so obviously in the first one you had the reason why the the initial one of their children was dead because he had to touch the toy in the pharmacy while they're trying to avoid basically a creature that you can avoid with sound and that we've already tried our best to figure out by by um laying sand and across so that we step in a soft way on the ground like they already are doing so much to try to avoid these sound-based creatures and 
ever since then, I just feel like every 30 minutes in a quiet place, there is something that the child or children, <laughs> the three children, I guess now two, are yep. doing to order in order to make the parents who are doing 4,000 things to make sure that these kids survive. Mm-hmm. And and I guess like I guess I was wrong to actually say two children because I went from three to two to three because ne- there's a baby on board, ching ching, yep. baby on board, <laughs> and and Emily Blunt's character is already trying to make sure that basically in a human sense the loudest form of a human because when yep. we are babies we are the loudest. What I guess if you watch certain MTV reality shows that would go against that, but. Um, <laughs> They're try- she's trying to transport her family or just keep her family alive without John Krasinski's character. Yep. And I don't know about you, but I, I wasn't screaming in the theater, but when the son had to go out and explore after his little injury, <laughs> after Emily Blunt was trying to grab supplies for his injury... Yes, and at, I admire I admire the actress who plays um, the the daughter who is deaf because not only is she deaf in real life, mm-hmm. but the cast and the writing has made that a focal point. Yep. for the movie, but her actions in the movie sometimes I am like, oh, you could just she's so headstrong. Yep. Which is part of her character, which helps her in a lot of ways, but also hurts the parents in other ways. And I, like many other people, went into this movie like I only know John Krasinski and I only know Emily Blunt, so I want their characters to survive. So yep. anybody who does not allow them a chance to survive, I, I, I don't like that. So <laughs> that's that's my initial rant. Um, I could delve more into it, but I am actually more enticed about <laughs> your rants about the movie. Okay. So... Here's first and foremost, I love the first one and yes. I really like the second one. I think they're both very well done and I'm assuming there's another one coming mm-hmm. and I will be there for that one as well. Um, my issues with this movie are the first movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it for sure. But there's uh, the whole point of the movie is that these creatures can hear the tiniest thing will Mm -hmm. give you a way to where you are and they will come for you. They can hear from, I forget how far away, but it's a long ways, like super long ways. They can hear the tiniest sound. So when we get to the second one, it was absolutely blowing my mind that, uh, I forget his name in the movie, but Cillian Murphy's character who was friends with, you know, the family before all this happened, that number one, he's walking around in shoes. Yes. Right. Which are loud. He doesn't walk anywhere with sand. He's in a building that's full of loud objects. That's where he's living at <laughs> yeah, the time. Yeah. Right. They do explain when they're talking down below. He's like, oh, there's like 10 feet of concrete above us. They can't hear us unless they're directly above us. I get that. That's fine. But even when again, these are this is spoiler territory. But even when the daughter runs off mm-hmm. and he goes after to save her, right, when he saves her on the train mm-hmm. and they run away to the train station that little building yeah he is literally sitting there talking to her like talking yeah and i'm like the whole first point of this movie was you could not talk when you are outside because they will hear you he's sitting there talking he's walking in shoes 
and nothing happens. I was like, I don't understand where, like what changed that, like, you know, Emily Blunt and her family can't make a noise, but this man can run around in shoes and shoes and talk and be loud and, and to no consequence for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the one thing that I, I know it's minor, but like in a movie where it's such a big plot point, I was just like, what are we doing? Like, why is this okay? All of a sudden I was so confused by that. The other thing is I have not seen in a long time, a more unlikable character than the son. Yes. He, he is the most unlikable character. Yeah. He's awful. Like I get, listen, if my leg got stuck in a bear trap, I guarantee you I would be in so much pain. But when your life depends on not making noise, I would not be yelling like he was yelling. I know. It was so loud. It was so loud. It was <laughs> so, so loud, long. <laughs> he was so loud the entire movie. And I was like, I, I felt so bad, but like he steps on that and Emily Blunt's character is trying to make him be quiet. I'm literally sitting there watching and be like, just leave him. Just, just leave. Yeah, him. Just leave him. He's not helping. Please <laughs> like just leave. And the point you talked about where Emily Blunt goes to find supplies to fix his leg. Yeah. And tells him the one thing to do is to watch the baby and he leaves the baby to go up and do what? Like, what was he doing up there? I don't even know. Don't he know. was just <laughs> he's just no looking idea. around. <laughs> he was. I don't know. I don't know what the point of him going up there was, but they did a very good job. If that was their thing of making me want wanting to hate this child because I hated this child, I'm hated sorry. him. I'm so glad hated, you said that. Hated him so much that even his redemption arc at the end of the movie, I was like, I don't care. I still hate you. Yeah. Still hate you. Nothing changed. You ruined this entire family. You almost got them killed multiple times. Yep. Including the baby. I know. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, but like that kid was like making me pull my hair out. And Cillian Murphy's character was annoying me to no end that he was just so loud in this movie. And maybe they just wanted more dialogue. I don't know. Maybe that's what they were going for. Because there's not a whole lot in the first one. There's not. There's not. (laughs) And that's and that's the thing. That's what they were. That's what they made their bread and butter on. Why do you think we were also excited for A Quiet Place, too? Because they took something like a, a scary movie thriller like that. And they were able to tell such a story with little to no dialogue. Yep. And like one of my one of the highlights of the first one for me was being in the theater and people being afraid to like reach for their popcorn because they didn't want to make noise in the theater. I know it was so good. Yeah, it was a quiet place in that theater, right? It (laughs) was. It was. It's the quietest I've ever heard a theater. (laughs) It was it was so quiet in the theater that I saw it in that I heard everything from the movie. The next next door, I'm pretty sure it was that. uh, I don't know if it was that horse movie that came out or maybe. Uh, okay but in any case um but i'm with you on that he he is almost above the sound laws and yeah in the first one they spent so much effort like do you remember in the first well obviously you do in the first one when um when they were playing uh, i think it was monopoly together and they knocked over the lamp yep and that that was like end of the world it was end of the world (laughs) you didn't know what was going to happen but you knew two or one creature were running towards them right now meanwhile Mr. Bank Vault 
so to speak, because <laughs> that's all he lives in like a bunker bank vault. Yep. With the loudest door, because we all know what that door sounds like. I don't care about the concrete. Like that's a, right. like, and they were making so much noise. And yep. he, like you said, in a location outside of his general area where there's just pipes and all <laughs> yeah. types of things that make the loudest noise and can wake a baby or or one of your pets up, let alone yep. a creature that survives literally on sound and eat and and doing that. What did you feel or how did you feel about them further exploiting and the daughter's mission to further exploit the reason or the the kryptonite mm-hmm. for the creatures themselves? Because that she was basically basically going to do that the whole movie yeah. after she left the, the, the son, a.k.a. the worst character in the movie. Yep. And, um, <laughs> like, how did you feel about that? I'm okay with it because I mean, that's like the plot, right? Is like, all right, we know how to beat them. We just have to play this noise and it, it makes them vulnerable really. And then you just have to take them out. I'm fine with that. Um, and maybe we get some sort of explanation later. I'm still kind of confused as to the point of the creatures though, because they're not eating the people that they I kill. Know. They're just killing them. Like, I know. I literally said that to my wife when we're watching it. I was like, what is their what is their point? Like, we don't know where they came from. And maybe that's, you know, like in the third part three or whatever, we get more of that. But like one, we don't know where they ca- came from. Two, we don't know why they hate us. Mm-hmm. And three, what are they killing us for? Yeah. If they're like you assume that like, oh, they're killing us and eating us like a like a dinosaur would or something, you know, uh-huh. but like they're not. They're just killing people and, and running away. So what are they eating? I'm confused. I don't know, but I'm not going to worry too much about that because I'm going to assume we'll, we'll get more of that in another movie. Yeah. Here's, here's my prediction. Okay. I think that going along those lines, because I was actually having a similar conversation because I was like, they're not eating. Cause like that one scene at the, the boat dock mm-hmm. when, uh, silly Murphy's character and the daughter miraculously, uh, uh, I'm going to say miraculously survived that encounter yep. because that took, and, and it was really cute that they brought back. Cause remember at the baseball game in the beginning, he was like, he was yeah, showing the, the him dive. The, yeah. di- the dive sign <laughs> yep. language saved, saved yep. every, both of their lives. But in any case, I was thinking the same thing at that point. Like what do they actually really eat? Um, I'm thinking, and this is my prediction that maybe there is something else that is going to come down later maybe these are the scouts okay maybe these creatures are set to just kind of destroy Mm -hmm. what is on the planet and the life on the planet so that something can either not i don't know colonize or or harvest us i don't know again i i'm just fresh off of mass effect so sorry (laughs) if i use the word harvest um but but um i'm thinking that maybe that's a direction they could take it's a left field throw for me but i yeah they have to sh- they have to explain that because they are not uh, they are not acquiring any sustenance that we know of right so how are they st- are, are they just they just also, don't need they're, it they're they're not eating the animals either yes because like the birds are still there mm-hmm. all of that so like they're literally not eating anything unless they're eating like grass or you know fruit or something i don't know but yeah it it just didn't make sense to me and Maybe it's just something that they overlooked, but I would highly doubt that they overlook something that major awesome. as far as like not eating the people. But you, you might be right. Maybe they're just clearing the life form from the planet 
you know, maybe that's what their goal is. I don't yeah. know. Uh, also, <laughs> also, how did you feel about when you when when you saw as the viewer that they can't swim when you realized it just as silly and Murphy's character realized it because I had a yep. moment where I was like, oh snap, really? <laughs> well, he when he like goes in the water and then the one of them jumps in, right? Because uh -huh. I had, I literally said to my wife, I was like, oh, maybe they can't swim. And then it jumped in and I was like, oh, never mind. They can swim. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, no, they can't. Oh, no, they so, can't. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I that makes sense. You got to go to the islands, right, where they can't get to unless they happen to somehow float on a boat. <laughs> exactly. And then and then last thing I'm going to say about that, just like yeah. scenes that really made something that moment when they were when they did get to the island. Um. So finding at finding this this uh, group of people that got evacuated before the majority of the population got destroyed and then whomever else made their way to the island as well. Yeah. And meeting the mayor, quote unquote, of the island and his short appearance in the movie. Um, yeah. I had that moment of dread that I really enjoyed that I had when the the yacht or whatever boat was discovered and you put two and two together as the characters did yep. that one so one drifted because you know that thing didn't paddle nope but you know it, it just reminded me i had a flashback to how i felt when uh in the the movie the lost world when they they drifted the or, or sorry when the ship came from from obviously the island over to san diego and they brought the T-Rex over. I don't know why I had that vibe, but it just mm -hmm. felt it felt like that it shouldn't be on the in this area, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yep. I, I definitely had that like moment and it was it does coincide identically with the character's moment where you go, oh, no, <laughs> like you had the same moment as a character. You're like, oh, no, there's one there. Everybody's screwed. <laughs> exactly. There's uh, that's all you yep. need. That, that's the one thing with yep. these enemies, uh, with these uh I guess antagonists we can call them for now. All yep. you need is one. Yep. Because they are so fast. They are so <laughs> fast and ruthless and and they don't eat. So they just yep. have more time to kill us. <laughs> it's true. They just go from one to the next just swiping people left and right. Exactly. But good movie. Um yep. I, I mean I'd recommend it, but I would recommend I, I like the first one better. I know a Me lot too. of people that have seen the second one do like the first one better. Yeah, hundred percent. Definitely worth seeing, but the first one is definitely the superior. Mm -hmm. Do you watch anything else? Uh, that was the big movie for me. I'm glad that you okay. brought it up. I'm glad that yep. we both had a chance to see it, so that we could talk <laughs> about it and share our uh, our qualms yeah. and also our likes on on the matter. You know, because it, it was it was definitely good. It, it's it. I, t I I would say see it in the theaters if you can, because now mm -hmm. that now that theaters have opened back up to the extent that they have as well. A Quiet Place just doesn't get the same effect at home. Yeah. You don't get that same uh, anxiety and fear from the silence that you do when you're when you're in a theater. So True. I would say go, go see it. I know it's a it's a reason or you might want to wait for it to be a HBO Max later kind of thing. But I would mm -hmm. I would go and see it in the theater. Yeah, definitely a movie worth seeing in theaters. Um for like people out there who maybe like you're not comfortable going to theater yet or for whatever reason, you can actually rent it digitally already. So, oh, OK, good, um, you good. can watch it at home if you want to. Uh, but I, yeah, for sure. It's definitely something you want to see in theaters if you can. Uh, anything else? Oh, no, I think I'm good. All right. All right. So once again, thank you for 
filling in and absolutely killing it, Craig. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate um, it. For everyone listening, thank you. Again, you can find us on pretty much every social media platform. If you have any questions, comments, maybe you want to comment on the uh, Quiet Place as well. Uh, High Sensitivity Podcast at gmail.com is where you can reach us. And we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you.